0: I've got much better from a work side of going I need to calm down now I need to take a break but then on the other side when it comes to anything in my personal life I'm using work to kind of not deal with that so I think it's just getting that balance I haven't quite found that balance yet and I'm the first to admit that so I think it's just it's trying not to use work which can be a stressful environment to cover up what could be a stressful environment in my personal life.
1: Hello there and welcome to Mental Health at Work The podcast where company leaders reveal the mental health stories that shaped them and their workplaces Today we have Hannah Francis Head of Engagement and Executive Assistance at Revolut Try saying that one quickly To talk about why it's important to slow down sometimes in a fast-moving company And the small army of mental health volunteers who are supporting their colleagues at Revolut This podcast is brought to you by Oliver proper mental health care for the whole team.
2: Welcome to Mental Health at Work podcast. I'm very, very pleased to have you here. Maybe you can briefly introduce yourself, who you are, what you do. Firstly, thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to our conversation. So I'm
0: Hannah Francis. My role at Revolut is Head of Engagement and Executive Assistance. I've been at Revolut since October 2019, so just over a year and a half, and my remit covers executive assistance, culture and engagement, um, which includes, obviously, employee wellbeing, learning and development, internal communications, and diversity and inclusion. So just quite that. a big... Yeah, <laughs> just that. That'll do <laughs> for now. Um, so, yeah, quite, quite a big remit, but I find that all of them really interlink so closely. So it's actually nice to have a really holistic view of them all together.
2: Right. Um, yeah. It's not love- like you're doing like, I don't know, like product and something completely different. Yeah, so totally. it's everything linked together. You sound very passionate about what you do. <laughs> it definitely
0: helps because I think also doing, you know, cultural engagement and DNI and well being and everything it's, you know, it's not always easy. It can be really, really difficult. Things you deliver might not always have the impact that you want them to have. So I think. I think having that passion and having that engagement in what you do is so important.
2: I would love to go back to Revolut and all the things you've implemented and you've done there. I would like to ask you first, how is your relationship with mental health? How would you describe your (laughs) own mental health? I think it's really interesting because I had always like pride myself on
0: being that person that Was never really stressed. You know, I never let it really let anything get on top of me. You know, I'm not a stressful person. And I never really acknowledged or shared when I felt overwhelmed or or really kind of stressed out. And it wasn't that I didn't feel that way, it's just that I wasn't really dealing with it or just acknowledging that it was happening. And then my body started to betray me, and there was, you know, teeth grinding and headaches and back problems. And I kind of learned from then the importance of really identifying what your mental health and your stress triggers are in yourself and understanding what you need to do to better cope with them so for me it's talking more openly about that and creating environments where people can talk more openly I think that's so important when it comes to mental health is the more you keep it bottled up inside of you which sometimes for some people that's you know the only course of action but that can actually have more negative detrimental impacts in the long term than actually just having the opportunity to talk and be open and really discuss mental health in a safe environment.
2: It sounds like you were having a lot, but not expressing it. And your body said, okay, I'll express it for you. Yeah, exactly. My body always gives it away.
0: It betrays me all the time. It's like, no, Hannah, you are stressed. It's time. It's time to slow down.
2: Yeah. I I wouldn't call it betray, but more like (laughs) helping you, right?
0: Exactly. No, that's a very good point. It's not a betrayal. It's a, yeah, it's helping me out and helping me understand that I need to slow down. And I think that's the other thing as well. It's not, you know, a point of failure to slow down or to need to slow down or to acknowledge that you do need to take a break because otherwise you do get burnt out or you get ill or you get unwell. And then in the long term, that's going to affect you more negatively than having that acknowledgement in the first place.
2: Yeah. I think it's so common nowadays with this rhythm and this like fast paced environments where we work to be a a little bit dissociated with how we feel towards how we act you can be like mentally like going 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 and your body suddenly starts breaking right so after this experience where your body was speaking for you how how do you make sure that doesn't happen again like until the moment that you you explode let's say I think as I said, it's
0: just being much, much more self-aware. And I know that I have triggers. So as soon as I start or begin to hold tension in my jaw or in my Mm. mouth, I know that, okay, I'm getting really stressed out here. I need to acknowledge it. I need to kind of take a step back, take a break. I'll even make sure that I take a long weekend or, you know, take a, a day off, even something as simple as clearing my diary of meetings that afternoon so that I can just focus on work rather than being back to back in meetings and then having to do all the work on top. That acknowledgement and knowing when it's starting to creep up on me and right. taking action before you know I get to the point where As you said, it's just all going to fall over and and I'm going to (laughs) explode.
2: How comfortable do you feel um, talking? I know it might be for some people a bit difficult to say like, hey, I'm going to cancel this because I'm feeling quite stressed. How do you feel now about expressing yourself?
0: Yeah, I don't have a problem with it at all now. And I appreciate it's not the same in, in every workplace or within every team, but I'm really, really lucky in that every single person that I engage with, They're so open, they're so supportive. You know, all my team, even my direct reports, I can say, you know, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. I'm just going to reschedule this to Thursday. You'll get much more out of me then than you will today. To my manager as well. You know, I had an issue recently where I had a personal issue arise, and I was really open with him. I told him as soon as it happened, and it was kind of take some time take the day it's only work your mental health is more important so i'm completely comfortable doing it and i think as well working in an organization like Revolut that's hugely fast-paced and it can be very stressful at times people do understand when you go my diary is absolutely packed and i actually just need to create some space so that i can do the work and deliver the outputs that i need to deliver and yes the meeting might go in in a couple of days time or you might find another solution So I'm very lucky that I work in an environment where I can be very, very open around how I'm feeling, if I'm feeling stressed, if things are getting on
2: top of me. And I guess you are part of the people responsible for creating that environment. So apart from leading by example, what other initiatives have you done in order to create this safe space at Revolut? So we've got a couple of things that we use really regularly. So about it must have been about eight months ago,
0: maybe even longer. I lose track of time. Time travels so fast at Revolut. I just I have no idea what year we're even in. We noticed that with the pandemic, with the stress that it was adding to our employees, that we wanted to create that network where, if they were struggling or they needed someone to talk to, they could. And you know, whilst acknowledging that. Not everyone can go and talk to their line manager or feels Mm. comfortable talking to HR. I worked with a colleague of mine and we launched a volunteer wellbeing and mental health first aider program Mm. that was basically creating a initial point of contact in the business for revoluters to talk to someone if they felt that they were suffering or if they were really struggling with their workload. So we posted it out asking for volunteers. We got over 45 people volunteer within the first hour. It was huge within an hour to have 45 people step forward and go, do you know what? I would really love to be a volunteer mental health first aider. It's something I'm really, really passionate about. We built out resources in terms of what we offered as a business in terms of mental health support as part of our medical insurance and our global benefits, we created resources for employees based on their location, because we're obviously a global organisation. And we kind of published that this was a safe space for people to come and have a 100% confidential conversation with a colleague, with a peer. And it just helped us to try and tackle things before they escalated. And what we've also acknowledged as part of that is People want a means to do this anonymously as well. So as part of the new whistleblowing portal that we've just launched, we've added a well-being section to that as well. So that if people are suffering with well-being or mental health concerns, they have a way now of raising that anonymously and having a conversation with someone that can try and help them tackle and deal with that. And so, again, just trying to create those safe spaces for our employees, because we all understand
2: that things can get a bit much every now and then. So tell me a bit more about these volunteers. Did you train them on how to have conversations around mental health, how to support? So what we did is we wanted to be really, really clear that the people
0: that volunteered were not trained medical, mental health professionals. Mm -hmm. What it was, was it, it was, as I mentioned, it was purely that first point of contact. So someone to reach out to and then we gave our volunteers guidance on where to refer issues, where to escalate should they need to with the permission of the employee and then through that, we would work through, or say, our HR portal or through another portal if anything, you know, really serious came to anyone's attention. But what we have found is it's actually just been a really valuable means of support. We've had people reach out wanting to speak to a mental health first aider who's a parent because they really just want to have a chat mm. and kind of understand coping mechanisms and what they've been doing. And I think it's turned in more to a support network. We've always been really, really clear that it's not giving advice on mental health situations it's kind of an intervention point and a referral point say you know here are the resources you have available to you here are the professional medical resources that we have for you it just means that if people don't know where to go they've always got somewhere to go from a mental health first data
2: perspective before they before they go official routes that is so so cool so are people using it do you know if it's working so people use it obviously it's
0: entirely confidential so we Mm -hmm. don't track like how many people have reached out but obviously from we have a a channel that we use to say you know someone's reached out to me they want to speak to someone who's a parent could someone else work through me to get in touch with them i've had their permission to share that so we use that channel to kind of make sure that whoever they reach out to is willing and able to help them in the right way. And what we found as well is we got a lot of people volunteer to be first aiders who had in the past dealt with, and I wouldn't say obviously overcome because it can be a constant battle, but had really dealt with mental health themselves or had been at counseling or you know had been through that. And they then wanted personally to be able to support other colleagues through their own experience. And mm-hmm. um, so I think that's really lovely as well.
2: What would you say is the main mental health struggle at Revolut? I would say it's, it's more
0: workload in, in the pandemic. That's mm-hmm. what we've found has been a real issue. I think especially as we're global, we've got a lot of employees that have potentially relocated to, to say another country to carry out their job and then have gone into lockdown and they feel potentially very isolated our workplace team for example implemented something that we call our revplace channels to try and build those employee networks out as well so for those employees that feel really isolated we have coffee sessions games trivia other things to really try and make them feel included as part of a location And we even have one that the team have just launched for fully remote employees as well. But yeah, the main issue we've had has been around isolation and dealing with workload and starting a new role during a pandemic.
2: If you could give one piece of advice to someone working in the people team in another company or a CEO on how to promote and protect mental health at work, what would you say?
0: I think for me, it's about that sense of psychological safety and about creating those safe spaces and creating those routes for employees to be able to raise mental health issues and not feel like they're going to be punished for taking time off for mental health reasons, I think is so important. Do you have special days off for mental health? So this is actually something we've just launched, I think about two weeks ago now, something that we've called wellbeing days. And they are exactly what you've just mentioned. So on top of employees' annual leave, and we've done this as a one-off at the moment, but it's something that we definitely want to look at doing for future years. We've offered our employees two additional days paid leave for them to take whenever they want. We really want to encourage our people to use them, particularly during lockdown and in the pandemic, people just haven't been taking break. And there's that kind of lack of ability to disconnect from work and home life. So the point of these days is if you want to have a Dubai day, if you want to reconnect with friends and family, if you want to just take a day for yourself, these wellbeing days are here. We've had such great feedback on them so far. And we've even created, we've got a little wellbeing emoji. So we use Slack as our main tool. And when we go on holiday, obviously we have a palm tree, but we've got a wellbeing emoji. And if someone's taking a wellbeing day, they put that emoji on their Slack status. So everyone in the business knows they're taking a wellbeing day. And no matter what, you do not contact them, right? You know, it's only going to be two days, absolute maximum. So we've done that as well
2: to protect those days. It's like a perfect way of building social awareness, right? Like being respectful and also like allowing people because, oh, if they take it, I might take it. And
0: even like when Nick, our CEO, posted the announcement, he said, I'll be taking the days. They're so important. You have to take them. And he was like, I'll be taking them myself.
2: It encourages people the more they see that that they think, oh yeah, I've got my wellbeing days to take. So what are your next goals or milestones in terms of mental health at work? So we've obviously got wellbeing week next week, so we'll be sharing a number
0: of different resources. We're doing an internal speaking session with one of our trainers around you know, managing stress and all of that. She's a she's, um, qualified psychologist also. We're monitoring the kind of data and the uptake of our wellbeing days to really make sure that our employees are utilizing that across the business we've got a well-being question incorporated into our employee engagement survey that we pulse out regularly so we're also keeping a close eye on that data and that will probably define how we move forward next quarter on mental health at work what we really want to try and do is drive the well-being days through so that we have them every quarter from now on rather than just as a one off but we are a very data-driven organization, so we want to have those kind of data points and those areas that say, okay, this is having a positive impact, this is where we need to focus our attention, this is what our employees are saying to us. And then, as we mentioned, on top of that, getting a kind of business case together to get our mental health first aiders trained up formally in mental health conversations and
2: doing some more focused sessions with our leadership. It's so valuable to hear people rather than guessing and implementing things just because you thought it was what people were needing it's the same with mental health right sometimes we see people struggling and we want to jump on help the way we would like to be helped but actually maybe it's just asking what do they need or what they would like from us no absolutely and i think there's
0: always that temptation isn't there to to give an example of something that you've done or that you've been through or that how you dealt with it but that's not necessarily going to work for the other person
2: and what about you what are your personal next goals or milestones in terms of mental health I think for me it's taking much more time
0: for myself I'm very much of the case and we talked about this Of, I've got much much better at recognizing when I need to take a break but then I also use being busy as a distraction from dealing with any personal matters, like if something really hard is happening, I'm like, I'll just keep really, really busy. And then I won't have to really think about that or acknowledge that. But then again, it gets to the point where I'm just exhausted, and I need to just kind of calm down a little bit. So I think for me, I've got much better from a work side of going, I need to calm down now I need to take a break. But then on the other side, when it comes to anything in my personal life, I'm using work to kind of Uh, not deal with that. So I think-
2: Coping mechanism. Exactly.
0: So I think it's just getting that balance. I haven't quite found that balance yet. And I'm the first to admit that. So I think it's just, it's trying not to use work, which can be a stressful environment to cover up what could be a stressful environment in my personal life.
2: Yeah. We tackled this in in a couple of episodes before how Working and keeping ourselves active is such a common coping mechanism, and you disconnect or you're not in touch with what actually is happening because you keep your mind busy. But it's so socially accepted that it's very difficult to break that pattern. So now that you were saying, I would like to do it, I would like to stop, how are you planning to do it? I think. Again,
0: it's taking my well-being days. It's taking uh-huh. time to disconnect. I've taken one well-being day already this week because I have got, as I said, much better at going. Okay, I need to I need to stop. I need to slow down. And I've got another one planned in a couple of
2: weeks, as well as just trying to plan just a decent amount of time off. When, one thing I implemented lately was uh, having recurrent uh, reminders. So every month I get a pop-up saying like, you need to take one day off or plan your next holiday or something like that, because sometimes it's like time flies. It's like when you want to think about like, oh, the last time I took holiday was like six months ago. <laughs> no, that's a really good idea. I might, I might steal that. So have you ever gone to therapy?
0: I haven't, no, but it's what's really interesting is I've had like quite a lot go on in my personal life this year. And my stepmother actually sent me like a therapist and was like, I just think it would be really, really beneficial for you to go and talk to someone about everything that you're going through. And then I spoke to my friends and they were like, no, I I really think you should go and talk to someone as well. But again, I've done that avoidance piece and I've kept myself very, very busy. And then every couple of months, I'm like, I should really go and speak to someone about all of this. So I haven't, but it's, it's not something that I'm avoiding. It's just, again, it's that question of time, isn't it? And time flies. But I think making time for myself is really, really important. And it is, I've got the contact there. I've got the person ready that I can
2: reach out to. I just haven't done it. And I don't even really know why. As a therapist, I'm going to confront you a bit here. (laughs) (laughs) I always say like, you have the time you have and time doesn't I change know. maybe you have the other priorities but time you do have
0: yes i know and i will you can hold me to account for it follow up with me in a week and i'll perfect. say to you yeah, I've, I've booked something and it's all sorted
2: <laughs> you're <laughs> now in our podcast to meet committing to starting therapy or at least going to the first session within how long oh,
0: can we say like within
2: a month perfect Signed, that accept- it's, it's
0: recorded,
2: <laughs> It's recorded. everyone is listening to this, in I one try. month, you will try therapy.
0: Perfect, there's no escaping it now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hannah, it was amazing talking to you, I really enjoyed it, thank you so, so much. Oh, it's been a pleasure, thank you so much for having me, and I've really enjoyed our conversation. I'm looking forward to hearing how the first session went. Yes, I'll keep you posted. Bye, Hannah. Bye. Bye.
1: Mental Health at Work is hosted by Maite Otero, produced by myself, Simon Dumont, and brought to you by Olivo. proper mental health care for the whole team. Thanks to Hannah for bringing an upbeat vibe and for making Duvet Days a company policy. Sick of banks being shit? Give Revolut a go. If you're into the podcast and you want to support us, you can like or subscribe to Mental Health at Work on your platform of choice. Or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, preferably a positive one. Thanks for listening and see you next time.